Hello and welcome to A Life in Music with Russell Scott. This podcast is dedicated to all you performers out there who want to be the very best you can be. Whether you're just starting out, a budding professional, just love performing, or have been professionally working in the industry for years, this podcast will help you be the very best. Thank you for joining us today, and don't forget you can check out the website, alifeinmusic.com. Now, without further ado, please welcome the man himself. With over 35 years professional performance experience, 100,000 record sales behind him, and a career spanning the worlds of classical music and musical theatre, on film, on television, on radio, and on stage, this is A Life in Music with Russell Scott. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of A Life in Music with me, Russell Scott. On a bright, sunny day with blue skies and barely a cloud in the sky, it's summertime in London and uh, it's been, uh, well, it's been on and off really. Sometimes it feels like summer, sometimes it feels like the end of autumn, but um, hey-ho, today's a great day and it's a bright and sunny day and I've just come uh, back from dropping my children off at the park. Um, yeah, I haven't just left them there or anything like that, I've left them with my wife. <laughs> anyway, it's been an exciting couple of weeks and um, I had the pleasure of performing at the Royal Albert Hall recently with the John Wilson Orchestra and uh, Maida Vale Singers and it was, a, it was a really, really exciting concert and I'll talk more about that a little bit later on um, when I introduce my guest, uh, which I did an interview with uh, or should I say who I did an interview with behind the scenes at the Royal Albert Hall at the concert uh, on uh, on the day and it was uh, it was a great interview and uh, I'll be, be leading into that a little bit later on but it's it's also been a very interesting time because it's been sort of given me a time to to think about the podcast and and think about uh, what I could be doing uh, more what I could be sharing with you and I think the interviews have been really great and I'm getting such great feedback so I'm going to continue to do that and I'm going to continue sharing lots of uh, technique tips and tricks as well and some behind the scenes stuff so stay with it um, and um, it's just going to keep getting better and better I think it's it's doing really well and I've had some really as I say really great feedback. What would help me so much more is if you guys could please do me the favour of just going on to iTunes and giving a review. Not only will it help share this podcast with so many more people and tell people how great it is, but iTunes look at reviews very favourably and it will help me get up the rankings a little bit more and get me to some more people and get me out there even more to help more and more people. So if you could could do that for me, I'd really, really appreciate it. It'll take you about two minutes to do it. And uh, all you have to do, um, if you're unsure how to do it, just go to the website www.alifeinmusic.com and uh, there's a little uh, on the right hand side you'll see a link uh, to some instructions there's just a few steps to do it and it takes takes as I said a couple of minutes and it would help me enormously also on the website uh, don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter um, and every time we do a podcast and every time we post a blog um, you'll get notified uh, of 
some great things and uh, we, we've got lots and lots of exciting things to come more interviews with some great people tips and tricks behind the scenes stuff I'm going to sh be sharing with you lots of technique things uh, across the next few weeks of course I'm producing the UK uh, choir festival so I'll be sharing a lot more information about that with you um, and just keeping you really focused and motivated on on this wonderful thing we call music and our passion for singing and performing and that's why we do it and that's why we're here and that's why I hope you're listening to it because we all want to be the very best we can be and I'm here to really try and help share as many angles as I can so as many things as I can to help you really do that um, whether you're doing this professionally for a living or whether you do it semi-professionally or even as an amateur or just like singing in the shower just like performing at karaoke you'll get so much out of this website and so much out of this podcast and um, so please uh, continue to listen and continue to share it and uh, continue to write to me and email me and and get me on Facebook and Twitter and just tell me what you think. I'd love to get some more and more feedback and the more feedback I can get, the better I can make this podcast and the better articles I can write for you um, to share with you all my sort of experience over the past 35 years uh, of being in this industry. So anyway, now on to my very special guest. And David Coombs is a professional backing vocalist, session singer. Uh, he's a teacher, he's uh, an enthusiast, and he has spent a life in this industry. And he continues to, uh, to perform at the very top end uh, of the spectrum of this industry. Please welcome um, David Coombs. And I should say that this was recorded behind the scenes at the Royal Albert Hall just a couple of weeks ago during um, the interval and uh, just at the end of the first half and into the interval of, uh, of a concert we did with the John, Orchestra, uh, John Wilson Orchestra and the Maidavelle Singers at this year's BBC Props. Well, here we are at the Royal Albert Hall, and I am really thrilled to have a colleague and friend of mine here. We're both singing tonight in a prom uh, featuring the John Wilson Orchestra, and we are singing with the Maida Vale Singers right in front of the orchestra, which is which is really exciting because normally we're in the sort of back row of the of the of the choir stalls. Uh, but anyway, tonight we're out front, and I'm thrilled to have with me uh, the amazing David Coombs. And delighted to be here I am as well. Halfway through the first act, we've still got a little bit of time to play with. So are you looking forward to tonight? What's, what's sort of your highlight of, of performing somewhere like this? Uh, tonight is slightly different because we're part of a group of singers, so it's, it takes some of the pressure off. Um, but I think maybe for me this evening it's going to be Swing Trot, just because it's a number I'd never heard before, and it's got some quirky little corners to sing that are quite good fun. So tell, tell everyone a little bit about you and sort of how this all began. Um, okay, uh, I've been singing professionally for about 30 years. Um, initially thought I wanted to go into musical theatre and worked in musical theatre for a while. Toured in a couple of big shows like Cats and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, but I eventually realised that um, for me really the passion was singing and singing in lots more genres than just musical theatre. So. I started moving across to session singing. I've always had quite a poppy sound to my voice and um, because of the training that I'd done, I'm, I'm quite good at reading music. So moving into 
pop session singing where they needed someone who could read music fell into my lap and it was just a matter of um, good timing really and and for about the last 15 20 years I've probably focused much more on session singing and uh, and everything around the pop industry and how how did you get into it I mean how did it all begin uh, begun really back early on when you were a kid or how, how did it all sort of happen and how did you get into becoming a, a session singer because session singing uh, is very different uh, to performing solos on stage or in in big musicals in the West End or on tour uh, it's very different uh, tell us a little bit about that yeah, it is. It's a completely different skill set. Uh, some people think that you can go and be a session singer when you're not busy being something else, but actually it is a totally different skill set. So as an example, today you and I have been rehearsing 10.30 to 1.30 and we have a show at 7pm. Well, 2.30 to 5.30, I was in a recording studio doing backing vocals for an album for Michael Ball and Alfie Bow. Uh, which is coming out later this year. And to go in and do that sort of work, um, particularly the work that I do, you have to be a competent music reader. So you have to have a great ear because you have to be able to blend your voice in with the people that you're singing with. And some people are amazing soloists, but they can't modify anything that they do to sound like uh, an ensemble of singers. But you also need to be versatile. You need to be able to belt out a tune. You need to be able to croon a tune. You need to be able to make a breathy sound, legato sound, or a very, very harsh sound, all at the flick of a switch. So you, you sort of have to be, which is what, which really is what drew me into it. You have to be a bit of a musical chameleon in that you can go into a studio with one idea of what you're gonna do, and then have the producer turn around and say, actually, what I'm thinking is, could you make it sound more soul or more Motown or more musical theatre or more operatic? And that's the thing that I sort of love about session singing, uh, is that you have to have this skill set of being able to read music, blend, but also be a real chameleon. So going back to the very beginning, so when you were a kid, what sort of music were you into and how did you sort of get into... I mean, you are one of the most versatile singers I know. And as a session singer and doing backing vocals, you have to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but where did it all sort of, where did it all start? Did you train at music at theatre school or what, what happened? Well, I think, to be perfectly honest, going right the way back to the beginning, I was just a really big show-off. I've got a brother and two sisters and we're all quite big characters. No, none of them are, are in the industry at all. Um, and I realised quite early on in primary school, in fact, and I was only looking at this recently because I've reconnected with a, a primary school friend and we've been sending each other photos of shows that we were in. And I can remember doing a musical when I was probably about eight and um, the amount of attention it brought me um, uh, in, a, in a really good way, um, being you know, praised and, and loving that feeling of finding something that I really felt I was good at and that people liked me doing and so it was it was all kind of I suppose like a lot of kids if you're a great runner and you win races you carry on running I, I loved singing always had sung and then started to get little roles in school productions and so really for me initially it was all about musical theatre but these are in the dark days when you couldn't do degrees in pop music and degrees in rock music so when I went away to university, having done musicals all the way through school and studied O-level and A-level music and everything that goes with that, I went to university and did a degree in classical music and sort of felt at the time that that would just be great vocal training for me to then go into theatre. Um, 
And it was when I ran away to the bright lights of London and started auditioning for musicals that I actually started getting work and suddenly thinking, well, this is something I can make a real career of. But I have to say, within a few years of doing musical theatre, the, the gloss started to wane. There were certain things that I wasn't very good at, like dancing, that, that meant that there, it, there was a whole area of musical theatre that I, w I was never really going to excel at. And bit by bit, I found I was being offered this other work, this work just as a singer, in all sorts of genres of music. So I really knuckled down and focused on that. And, um, and that's when this whole kind of world of musical theatre opened up to me. But like an awful lot of things in life, a lot of it was just luck. I was in the right place at the right time. Someone offered me a job. I did the job. The job went well and people heard and then I started doing other work on the back of that. So where did the session singing start? How did that all start? Because that's, that's very different to performing yeah. out on stage. I mean, where, where did that all start? You don't normally choose to be a session singer. No. Well, it, it all started, uh, and some of it was also just this, this aspect of luck, in that my agent at the time ran, as well as being a, a theatre agent, ran a vocal group, and they regularly booked the singers for Friday night as music night. Um, and so when I was in between shows, and he obviously knew my CV very well, uh, he called me up and said, you know, we need a, another tenor on Friday night is music night. And I did that and I read it quite well and the show went well and so I carried on getting booked for, for those concerts. But then the big turning point for me was really when I'd finished touring with the musical Cats, I was back in London and Cats is such a demanding dance show that they have what's known as a vocal booth which is where they have a group of four singers who are effectively part of the orchestra um, and sing the show so that when the dancers are out of breath it still sounds great um, and I was very lucky uh, in that I'd finished doing the show on tour and the two people that covered the tenor line in the vocal booth in town were both sick at the same time and so I got a phone call from the, the company saying, you've just finished doing this show on tour, we gather you read music, could you please go in and do the show tonight? And I went in and I did the show and there was one number that was different to the tour number, so I did have to sight read that in the vocal booth on the night. And there was a lady in the booth who turned around and said, that show's not in the, that song's not in the touring show. And I went, no, and she said, I didn't realize you read as well and that you make that poppy sound. I'm booking another vocal booth to do um, Greece, and I was in Greece because she'd booked me to do that, and someone said, oh, you know, they're looking for singers on Starlight Express, you should go and audition, and then all of a sudden you've got three or four shows going, and people start to hear about you, and really, it was all from that. It was all from that one little bit of luck of going in and doing the Cats vocal booth, and all of a sudden people were saying, oh, I didn't know, I've heard about you, but I didn't know you sang that way, or you read that well, or you could sing that high, or, or, or whatever it is they were looking for. And it's amazing. You do a good job in this industry, and, you know, people hear about you. Yeah, and I, th I think... I think it's difficult from, go I mean, the, the difficulty is I think that people have a plan. They have a grand plan. They mm. come out of theatre school, music college, they get a degree. They come out and think, I've got to get an agent and then I'm going to just go and work. And it doesn't always work that way. And and I think that we don't, we don't always end up on the path that, that we think we're going to have. have. Has the plan ever changed? I mean, have you ever sort of been doing something? I mean, you've been very fortunate in, in roles have come along and then and session work's come along. Has it ever come occurred to you that you've, you've thought to yourself, this is not what I wanted, but it's amazing anyway. 
completely. I mean, really, with me, the the big wake up call was 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 phoning my agent and saying, "Don't put me up for any more musical theatre work." I can remember being quite surprised at, at how powerfully I felt that I had suddenly hit gold, and that all of the plans I'd made about doing musicals and being in musical theatre not only did I not feel I was right for it, I just didn't want to do it anymore because this other avenue of singing had turned up. I've always been an ensemble singer. I love, love, love. Don't get me wrong, I've got as big an ego as the next singer. And I front a band and I love going out with the band and singing. But I really, really love singing with other singers. And as a session singer, you primarily are doing backing vocal parts, choral parts, harmony parts. And uh, singing with other singers is, is my real passion. So I think that that was the turning point when I suddenly thought, I woke up one day and phoned my agent and said, don't put me up for any more shows. I don't want to do this anymore. And then that kind of weight off my shoulders of thinking, gosh, I thought I'd be distraught when this day appeared, but actually I don't want to do this anymore because I found this other thing, which is real kind of hand in glove. I feel like I totally fit in this world with these people doing this job yeah yeah that's that's great i mean you've done you've done some incredible things from performing at proms in the park to backing incredible vocalists on their albums and in concerts um some other crazy things you've done for example of singing abba concerts yeah, yeah. see no i love that <laughs> abba are, are, are a great pop group um and they just well you know with mamma mia it's just such a runaway success and um a few years ago uh, a symphonic ABBA concert was put together where um, all of the great songs from ABBA were arranged for a full symphony orchestra. And um, I was really lucky in the, the lady that books the singers uh, called on me to do one of the boy parts. And it's a great concert. The orchestra dresses up. We often do them at open air events. Um, where the audience is picnicking and they dress up. We dress, a boy do we dress up. Six inch platform boots is not an easy outfit to sing in. Um, and uh, yeah, we've done two recently, one with the Halle Orchestra, who obviously world-class orchestra based in Manchester, and then an open air concert just last weekend with the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra. The, the response you get from the audience is, is astounding. So that's sort of a little bit of everything that I love because I am out front singing uh, with an orchestra by myself, which is a total joy. Um, but then we do all of the backing vocals for each other. So when one of the girls is singing the lead in something like, I know the winner takes it all, we don't have a team of backing singers, we do each other's backing vocals and we do some little a cappella moments um, uh, and lots and lots and lots of ensemble singing. So it's sort of my dream concert really because you get a little bit of glory but you also get these fantastic moments of singing with other fabulous singers. And I know what some people are going to be thinking, particularly those that are sort of starting out out there, is how do you get these amazing jobs? Now, some people will have an agent. Some people think that you must have an agent to get the work. Other people will know that there are fixers in town that you've got to get in their good books. Um, how does that all work? Because I know it's incredibly difficult and people do have their favourites and it's quite difficult to break into this market. It is very difficult to break into this market. Um, and one of the things that's really important in this day of technology is that you are actually doing it. Um, I do quite a lot of vocal coaching now, particularly with young up-and-coming pop and rock artists, because I've got a bit of a, a fascination with sort of extremes of the, of the voice. Um, and a lot of the artists that I work with, um, 
will say to me, oh, you know, David, you've just done this great job. How, how do you get this work? And I'll say, well, where was your last gig? And they'll say, oh, I put something on SoundCloud and I put something on YouTube and I've got a website with links. And I'm like, but has anyone ever seen you perform live? And particularly in the rock and pop industry, to be noticed, you have to be out there doing it. And that means breaking through the performance anxiety nerves, doing open mic nights, connecting with people, um, at events that you can then form a band from, uh, putting adverts in um, press and on websites to find a band so that you're not just working in isolation. Um, because it is really, really important when you're starting that you make connections. This afternoon, as an example, uh, this afternoon one of the singers that I was doing the recording session with was my first vocal contractor and he ran a harmony group called the Stephen Hill Singers, hugely successful through the 80s and 90s um, and we still sing together So, because he's an amazing singer and an amazing uh, choral leader um, and he gave me my first break and still 30 years down the line he still employs me because we work great together there's no point in me having a YouTube video clip of something I've done. Well, of course, there's a point. It's, it's really, really important that you do it, but it must be the backup. It mustn't be your only focus. You have to get out there and do it. And after you've done it, you need to be in the audience and chat to people and take the criticism when people say they don't like a number, don't think that's it, I'm never going out again. You have to get a bit of a thick skin and when people compliment you, say thank you very much, what do you do? You're a guitarist, that's interesting. I was hoping to you know, meet up with a guitarist because I've got this project. You have to be out there physically doing it. Now talking about physical stuff, you're quite a muscly guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I also notice, and I've always noticed this about you, is that you do have a very straight neck at the back. How important do you think keeping fit is and particular posture in what you do? I think as a singer, a posture is absolutely paramount, particularly when you're practicing, uh, not so much when you're in um, either a character or if you're uh, rocking out on stage, but while you're practicing, I think it's really, really important that you are aware of what posture can do for you and what posture can't do for you. I have lots of students that um, uh, are very rigid. They might have come from a dance training background where they spend a lot of their time holding their core muscle group very firm and as a singer it's really important that you're flexible with that core and that when you inhale you can release your abdominal section and then bring it back into play as opposed to hold it rigid which will really restrict your airflow coming in and um, if you're too tight in the abdomen it can actually tighten up the larynx as well so it's going to cause you all sorts of problems there's lots that posture can do and also for me um, physical fitness is really important because I do have a long-held belief that energy breeds energy and if you get up in the morning and I've got two dogs which I go on about at great length if you ever see me on Facebook but I get up in February when it's minus two degrees and I walk my dogs and I get home and I have breakfast and that's how my day starts and I tend to be very productive in the morning um, it's very easy in our lifestyle to do a gig do a concert finish late lie in bed all morning sit in front of breakfast tv you know watch a couple of um uh, daytime tv programs and not get out there and be doing it and i do find that if i get up in the morning and i get up and i get out i achieve a great deal more over the course of the day 
Yeah, I think I think fitness really is important. I think it does it does set you up, as you say. I think it's been very important for me as well, and it, it keeps you positive. It yeah. keeps you it keeps you thinking about what you've got to do, and keeps your you know your your mind really focused, and and that's really important in this industry. There must have been downtimes as well. Oh yeah, lots and lots and lots, and it is really really important that if you're going to come into this industry, you have a really good reason to do it because it's cruel and it's unkind, and you will look at your diary and think. What have I done to upset everyone? I've got no work. Um, and you, so you have to have something more that makes you want to do it. You have to be a singer. You have to be a performer. You can't think, well, that would be a fun job because it will break you. You know, I've had particularly, not, not quite so much now because I've got my finger in quite a few pies and, and things are, are ticking along quite nicely. But, you know, I've definitely been that person with the piece of paper on the kitchen table writing down money in and money out and wondering how the rent is going to get paid at the end of the month. And you, you do have to be made of quite stern stuff. You have to be, you have to have a real deep belief that you you have to do this because if you are in it for celebrity if you're in it for fame if you're in it for money if you're in it for attention it, it can be quite cruel now i'm sure you've with all this wealth of experience you must have seen some sights in your life and heard some sights in your life in your life do you have any really funny funny stories of things that maybe have gone not quite as they should have done um, oh, yeah, a few. I suppose the, the, the kind of the best one that involves me, because um, I have been doing this for a very long time, my first professional theatre job was the Rocky Horror Show. This is totally going to give my age away now. Um, and it was an amazing job to do. There's no musical theatre show quite like the Rocky Horror Show for having a good time. And most of us in the show, it was our first job, so it was a great company, really, really good fun. And we were touring Europe doing one night stands. So we do the show in a city, get in a bus, get to a hotel, sleep, get on a bus, do a show. Um, and we didn't really have a great awareness of what was going on in the world. And we were driving into one particular city and um, there were lots of these old broken down cars on the motorway, couldn't really work out exactly why in this particular area of Germany, all these cars were broken down. Um, and we pulled into this city and we were told that um, we, we couldn't go into the venue we were supposed to be doing because it had been turned into a refugee camp. And so we were going to be performing in the venue next door, which was much smaller. And it was only at this point that we were requesting, what do you mean a refugee camp? What on earth is going on? And the Berlin Wall had come down while we'd been away overnight. So the first piece of Western culture these people fleeing from <laughs> Berlin saw was me in fishnet stockings and high-heeled shoes. So, yeah, I think that probably startled a few Berliners. <laughs> That's very, very funny. Well, we've got to get on with the job, I think. We we've got some okay. Gershwin to sing. Uh, if there's one final thing I'd like to ask is sort of the best piece of advice you could possibly give to anyone that would love to do this and is, is set, has set their heart on having a life in music, what would that one piece of advice be? Well, I think keep the belief. You know, you've got to absolutely keep the faith. Um, but at the same time, don't think it's easy and don't think that your talent alone will get you through. I still have singing lessons. I love going for singing lessons. I don't get there as often as I'd like to. I have students who are professional singers, um, and, and I know that I am still learning, and that even at my age, I can't sit back and just think, well, everything's great now. So I would say when you're starting out, make sure you are 
really, you really want to do it, make sure you're making connections, form bands with friends, put concerts on with friends, but also don't think that it will land in your lap. Um, talent is important, luck is important, but there's a big aspect of luck that really, when you look at it, is just people that have worked harder. Amazing, thank you. David, it's so great, so great to have a friend and colleague uh, to chat like this and really get an insight into what it's like to be a professional singer, uh, doing all the stuff that you do, it's incredible. Thank you so much. No problem, let's go and get our mics on. Well, there you have it. Uh, a great interview, wasn't that really great, with David Coombs, uh, with me performing at the Royal Albert Hall at the BBC Proms. It's always an amazing experience performing at the Proms, and uh, this was no exception. And and, and as you said, that, that we, we normally perform behind the orchestra in choir seats or in the choir stalls. And... Um, this was really exciting because we, we got to stand on the edge of the stage in front of the orchestra. It's a hundred piece orchestra. Normally symphony orchestras around sort of 70, 70 players or so. This was a hundred piece orchestra. And um, it was such an exciting thing. And we, we didn't get, we didn't have huge amounts to uh, to, to uh, sing um, too, new, too many pieces but um, the, the thing what we did have was was really great and it was some, you know, it was kind of tricky stuff but it was really exciting because we just sort of, sort of got to come on and con on and off as if it was a sort of stage show stand right at the, at the, at the front of, uh, of the Albert Hall and see you know six and a half thousand people staring at us uh, and the TV cameras and it was a really exciting and adrenaline filled performance and I think that really came across watching it back um, uh, it sounded really awesome. Uh, I do hope we get to do that uh, again uh, many more times, many more times. And um, as nerve-wracking as it can be, you know, it's all about focusing your energies and your excitement and really focusing it on, on delivering the, the very best in, in performance. And that's what we're all about at, uh, on this uh, journey on a life in music. Um, and, um, it, you know, it's all about being the very best we can be. Uh, as performers and uh, I want to try and do as much as I can to uh, help you guys out there really achieve your very best. So don't forget uh, to check the website and uh, um, register for the newsletter, check out the podcast, leave a review www.alifeinmusic.com. Please also uh, look me up on Twitter at Russell Scott UK and on Facebook you'll find me at Russell Scott and uh, just keep in touch and uh, tell you know tell me what you want out there tell me what you want to hear tell me what you want to you know tell me tell me the people some of the people you'd really love to see um, and hear on this program uh, and I'll do my best to uh, to try and make it all happen so until next time have a great uh, few days a couple of weeks uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see you very soon and uh, don't forget be your very best